How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's shorter podcast, where essentially I want to talk about something that Las Vegas, when I first moved here, actually took away from me. And oh, I mean, Las Vegas didn't take it away from me, but the idea that I was able to do this whenever I wanted to do it when I first moved here really forced me to clamp down on something that I really enjoyed in the past, but I knew that if I allowed myself to kind of take advantage of the situation here, that who knows where I would be today, honestly. I mean, it could be um, well, super, super wealthy, not because I was chasing after it, or I could have been super poor. And if you're getting at it, yes, you are correct. It's gambling, but not specifically any form of gambling. Really, I've I've enjoyed gambling from a very very young age. Uh, essentially, my first time getting into it was poker, and actually, that's a lie. Lotto tickets in Florida. When I was growing up out in Florida, the lottery exists out there. It doesn't exist here in Las Vegas or in in Nevada, and it makes sense why it wouldn't exist here because casinos don't want to lose business to people spending money instead on lotto tickets. So they've campaigned to, you know, make sure that that doesn't come here to this day. It makes you wonder why casinos just didn't work together to kind of get that added in, but then get them somehow to benefit from all of it. I I feel like there's a legislative way they could have done that. But anyways, um, one of a close family member of mine would always buy like rolls of lotto tickets and for holidays would just give out stacks of these. And as a kid, I loved just scratching off the lotto tickets and I became very skilled at it. And I just loved lotto tickets and just the, the, the odds, the odds of winning a big prize, which I won considerable amount of money from, from these uh, handouts from this family member. Um, I got lucky on, on quite a few of them. Uh, was just so much fun. And it wasn't even the money. It was, I mean, the money was great at the end to know that you had like X amount of money that you got to keep, but it was more like, dude, this is like really fun. Like the, uh, am I lucky? You know, and I, I when I was younger, superstition obviously played a, a factor into it at being older. Now I know luck is not, I mean, you can be lucky, but there's no idea that you, or it's, 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 crazy to think that somehow your will to want something to happen that's outside of your control um will will cause that event to happen like it, it's it's different like if you can envision yourself doing something that you're capable of doing and then you achieve that goal that's different that's like you just kind of holding yourself accountable but willing something that you know probability wise it's near impossible that you're going to get it and then you get it then um you know that's that's impossible that's not really going to happen you just got extremely lucky in that situation but anyways um and then when i got to be 18 years old there's no uh at least where i grew up there's no casinos the only casinos i could go to at the time were um casino ships where essentially you get on a boat you're not allowed to gamble, but you sell uh, or they, they they go off in the ocean far enough where they cross the international lines. And then after that, once you get into open waters, you're able to just do whatever. There's, there's no really real laws there that apply. No state laws, at least. Federal laws do apply, I believe, technically, but not state laws. And so 
uh, I did that for a bit, but it wasn't because I I just knew to do that. It was because uh, this guy I worked with uh, at the time I was working at a restaurant. It was my first job I ever had. He was a waiter. I was as well. And he was telling me that he likes to go to uh, gamble on the weekends and uh, he plays poker. And he asked me if um, I knew how to play poker. I was like, no. And he was like, do you want to learn? He was like, me and my dad are like gambling fanatics. And this guy was like 22. I was 18. And I was like, sure, that's cool. At the time, the money I was making wasn't going to anything but paying my a car payment that I had and car insurance. But at the time, I at that point in my life, I didn't have like other expenses. So I was pocketing a ton of money that I was making. And so I was willing to just do whatever with it. And so I was like, yeah, let me let me try out this gambling thing. This sounds kind of cool. And so I learned poker from him and he was like hardcore, like a really good poker player. In the, like five years later, I find out that he actually had someone sponsor him here in Las Vegas to come out and play for the like World Series of Poker Tournament. And he made bank from it. He never made like top 20, but like he made bank from qualifying in certain events and um that and then playing just locally as well in like the casinos just on a daily basis for like local tournaments that he made enough money from that and like he had to give a big cut back to the guy that was funding this but he allowed he was i think the the idea was that he got to keep 30 percent of all the earnings that he made um and he made enough money from that that he started doing that with other people i need to reach out to that guy i haven't talked to him like a decade, but, um, yeah, when, when the last time I talked to him, like, which was like eight years ago, he was telling me like, now I have my own people that I send out and, and do this for me. And I was like, wow, dude, that's so cool. But anyways, he taught me how to play poker and, uh, not just like, uh, he taught me how to play Omaha. There's a ton of different ways to play poker. Um, but he taught me three. He taught me, um, two card stud, sorry, forward games. Uh, uh, not two card stud. That's Hold'em. So Hold'em, Omaha, and seven card stud. And I feel like there was another one, but I think it was those three that he taught me. And um, we went, and uh, I was saying there's no casino in my in, like the area I grew up in in Florida, but there was a dog track that got grandfathered in to. Uh, it was like a very old dog track, but. Uh, they also had a poker room attached to their dog track and they got grandfathered in because I guess back in the day in Florida's history, they were allowed to do that. But then uh, Florida changed those laws. But since they were already established, they were able to kind of stay in business. No new business could open up doing those things. And so uh, that's where he would go. And so after he teaching me, he would take me to the dog track and then have me watch him play. And it was really cool. And then finally, after about a month of watching him play, I finally uh, took up my first hundred dollars and I got into it. And I actually lost the first hundred and then you bought in another hundred dollars in a cash game. This wasn't a tournament, another hundred dollars. And I turned that into six hundred dollars. And I was like, whoa, dude, I just bit, I just profited four hundred bucks. This is so cool. Like I could do this every single day. I'll be rich. And no, that didn't happen. I was so new to poker. I was just super lucky. I was playing at a table with people that were clearly more skilled than I was, but I was just getting super lucky with my plays. Um, But I would go like 
like every weekend with him and we uh he showed me how like how to gamble on on dogs but i never really enjoyed that as much it was cool but i it was like something to do like and be like while you were playing poker you would walk out bet on dogs come back play poker and i just enjoyed that and then that that was my life and then uh three years from there i got into online uh gambling with uh poker stars and full tilt poker for those that know about you know poker online platforms those were like the two big ones before the fbi cracked down on them um because essentially you weren't allowed to um you weren't allowed to gamble the the law was very gray but the fbi finally cracked down on them but essentially uh you weren't allowed to gamble in states that didn't legally allow get like that form of gambling in their state and so there's only like two states that allow like as a, like a whole state, like that form of gambling. I think it's, it's New Jersey and Nevada for sure. Um, so like everyone else that lived anywhere, anywhere else, and these platforms wouldn't verify your address. They wouldn't verify where you were from. They just took your money in and allowed you to bet under the premise that you knew that you weren't technically supposed to be using the platform unless you were from those states. But I went ahead and did it until my account got uh, blocked. But I got really good at it. And then um, I took a hiatus from playing poker for almost like five, six years until I moved to Colombia. And while I was living in Colombia, um, I actually, after meeting my wife at the time we were dating, um, she has a younger brother and her younger brother played a lot of poker, but he played it online and he would go to local casinos in Bogota, the, the capital city of Colombia, where, where I was living at, uh, living at the time. And I was like, oh, dude, you play poker? I was like, I play poker too, but I haven't played in like five years. I'm a little rusty. He was like, you should just download uh, like these online platforms here in Colombia. You're able to, there's no laws against it. So you can play online. Uh, but the, uh, the other platforms, the Full Tilt and PokerStars, they were shut down. And then new other companies came out like America's Card Room, I, I think was the big one that I, I played on. And then there was another one. I can't remember. It was like something duck. I think, but, um, got on them. Uh, and I didn't want to use up my own money at the time because I didn't know how skilled I was. And I know like online gambling is like way different than in person. It's really hard to bluff and it's very analytical. A lot of people that know math and know the odds really can, um, have a huge advantage in online play because you just, you're not relying on, on the ability to read people and and use bluffs and and lie pretty much um you can't really do that on online play i mean you can through the way you bet but it's very difficult to do that and it's very risky but um i got on and started doing like uh when you play they have like some free rooms that you can um that you can join and if you make it like top two places you'll get money in return but they're free to enter but like when when it's free, thousands of people enter these tournaments and me and him were actually doing really well at one point and just like almost like coming like top 10 plays almost every other game that we join. And we would join like five different rooms and like, ha- because it's on a computer, you can play different hands at the same time. So it was a lot of great practice. And then after that, my like, dude, that itch came back. And since I was like semi-retired when I was living in Colombia, I essentially took all my free time and whenever my wife was working 
and I knew her brother wasn't working at the time he was studying. I was like, Danu, come with me. Let's go gamble. And I would go to like downtown Bogota or not downtown Bogota, but like the, the rich area out there where there would be nice casinos. I, I would just play poker all day long, like poker tournaments and cash games. And I loved it. It was great. But then when I knew I was going to be coming to the States and then living in Las Vegas at the time temporarily, I told myself, Jason, like, you know, you're in a relationship now. Money is different. Like when you come back to the States, you're, uh, you need to like pay for a living and all of this stuff. Um, do not like, you've heard horror stories of people that made a, try to make a living out of gambling and like, 5% 5% of the people actually succeed in it. The rest go into massive amounts of debt and make really stupid decisions. And so I was like, I'll never, I'll never gamble. I did a couple times, but I was really good about not surprisingly. Like when I look back and think about all the stupid things I did when I was working, especially at a nightclub and all the opportunities. I mean, literally my job was in a casino and every single day I would go I would be lying to say that I didn't like play blackjack occasionally or whatever, but surprisingly I'm I'm proud of the fact that with my poker habits that I had in the past that I didn't do it every single day like some other people did. And here in Las Vegas you can bet on anything, literally like sports, tables, uh ball games, like uh, just like everything. You can bet on everything. And slot machines. And so um I'm I'm very proud of the fact that I never got absorbed into that that lifestyle. But that itch for whatever reason, that's why I'm talking about it today, that itch just came out of nowhere today. Uh occasionally I'll watch like WSOP. I bought like my favorite poker players. My two favorite are in Antonio Esfendiari of oh my god, I can't I'm butchering your last name right now. Esfendiari. Uh he's nicknamed the magician. Really cool guy from uh Iran. Um, I really love the way he plays and I've met him a lot of times actually when I was working at Marquis at the Cosmopolitan Marquis was like one of the favorite clubs that he would come to and getting to hang out with him and have like drinks with him was like super cool. It's like a dream come true. And then my second, uh, like he's actually this guy that I'm about to name is my number one. Antonio would be my number two, but Daniel Negrano, which is my number one. And I met, I got to meet him in person uh, via a good friend of mine, my old boss, uh, when I was working at Marquis, he was do, uh, part of this like mentor mentorship group and it was sponsored by Daniel Nograno. It was like his thing that he had and he would just occasionally show up to it. And one day I went with uh, my my friend, Jason, his name is Jason as well. I went with him and I saw Daniel Nograno there and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I got to get a photo with him and, and say hello. And the guy was like super cool and super nice, but, um, yeah, like I like I've started watching poker videos today, and that itches back. Like I want to play, so I'm gonna start playing some like online games here and there, like whenever I have free time to do it, um, and uh, not use it too much money. I told myself like that's definitely a big no no that I'm not gonna do, but I just really want to play poker. And like I I actually would play home games with a good friends of mine. Like we would, I think we did it like 10 different times and those were a blast. I enjoyed doing home games. Like my, my buddy lived in a super nice condominium uh, right in on the strip. And he had like a, a room that he could book out. That was like a poker room that had like the, the poker table and 
he just had to bring his own cards and chips, but it was like really fun to play there. And we would have like a group of like, like 10 to 15 of us guys and girls, uh, play. And I was all, I, I love talking so much shit when I play poker. It's like so fun. Like I'm so out of character when I, when I play it and it's a blast. So when this pandemic's over, that's one thing I am going to look forward to doing occasionally, uh, whenever I have the availability to go see people. But, um, on that note, this podcast is already a little longer than I wanted it to be. Um, I'll probably have to say for another time, like going into more specifics about like poker and, uh, the best ways to play and, and, just like uh, my favorite way of playing poker. But until then, thank you guys so much for hearing my personal story slash interest in, um, in poker. And I'll catch you guys uh, manana. Peace.